Hey everybody, it's Adrian. So before we jump into the episode today, we wanted to let you guys know that we now have a Patreon. Yes, we have a Patreon. It has been set up. You can feel free to go and check out the tiers and see what's going on. We are so excited about it. We are really, really stoked to bring you guys some bonus content. And of course, who knows, maybe some things in the future. So go ahead and check it out. You can find it at patreon.com slash slash her pod. That is a mouthful. Again, that's patreon.com slash slash her pod. And it's slash her with two H's. So S-L-A-S-H-H-E-R slash her pod. And go check out the tiers. And we appreciate you guys' support. Let's go ahead and jump into the episode. slash her a delusional look into all things spooky kooky and terrifying i am stormy and i'm adrian and <laughs> it's the end of september yes. almost time to wake up billy joel armstrong <laughs> uh yeah thanks guys uh for sticking with us this month we're at the end of september now uh you know october's just around the corner and what better way to end off our supernatural horror month than by talking about? Uh, I feel like a really, a really w- well liked movie in fourteen oh eight. Stephen King adaptation, or an adaptation of Stephen King book. Um, <laughs> yeah. On his birth month, fun fact: his birthday is in September. Right. Originally, when we were making our plan for this month, we were gonna do. An entire Stephen King month. But we do this thing where we make plans and then never follow through. So <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, vibes change. And we just, we're just here. We just roll with the vibes. Yeah, exactly. We were going to do Stephen King. Uh, I don't know what it is that made us want to switch it around and just do Supernatural. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we just weren't feeling the movies. Who really even remembers? Um, but either way, I've had a blast this month. It's been a really fun month filled with really fun movies. Um, this one included. This was my first time ever watching 1408. Oh, um, you've got, that's like, what, the second movie? So two out of four this month you've never seen? Um, right. Shudder I had never seen. Shudder was this month, right? Yes, yeah. Of course. And um, yeah, this one I haven't seen before. Yay. I love when I've seen movies that you haven't. <laughs> yeah. So this one, I mean, was this one like a fave back in the day? Do you remember watching it for the first time? What are your memories with this thing? Um, I don't remember the first time that I watched it. Um, I've watched it a lot, just not in recent years. I remember like in my early 20s, I watched this movie a lot for some reason. Interesting. I can see why. It's really... Uh, it's fun. I wasn't expecting something so mm, 
I don't even know whether there's like a good word for it. Probably just very over the top. Everything that happens is really kind of crazy from left yeah. field. Um, keeps you on your toes. I don't know why I was expecting something completely different than what we had. I knew it was like scary. People always talk about this movie being like really like crazy and scary. Um, I don't think I was scared per se, but it definitely puts you in like a. It's more uh, of a thriller for sure. It's like a. Yeah. I don't know. Like it's and it's not even like discomfort or um, like invader type of vibes. It's just the fear of never being able to escape something. Yeah, it, I mean, it kind of does what Stephen King does. Like it definitely ties in like some type of familial trauma. Oh yeah, um, always. It, Definitely he's have like an ready. emotional anchor. Uh, yeah, he's always ready for the emotional trauma. Um, and this movie is no different. Um, but I really didn't enjoy it. I wasn't expecting what we got, to be honest. I really wasn't. But before I guess we talk about that, have you seen anything at all this week? Doing a quick what's been spooking you? Have you seen anything beyond, <laughs> I guess, what beyond we... Beyond um, <laughs> Oh, I thought <laughs> oh, we were going to go like, that way. <laughs> no. Like what we've like been... Uh, watching because of other podcasts and whatnot. Anything else, I guess, besides Riverdale? No, I've mainly Riverdale. mainly stuck to what we w- had to watch. <laughs> <laughs> um, I watched a few things. Have you heard of Do Revenge? It's not really a horror movie, but... um, I have, have heard, heard of it? it, but I have not seen it. Uh, it's not bad. I quite enjoy it. Um, it just gets a quick shout out because... Uh, I mean, obviously, our icon, Sarah Michelle Gellar's in it. And that's quite honestly the only reason that I watched it is because I saw that she was going to be in it. Um, she's not in it for a lot. Um, she plays, like, the headmaster of the school. But it's great. Like, if you like the, you know, the teen comedies, Mean Girls, Clueless, Heathers, all of that, then this is obviously, like, the modern approach to that type of movie. And I think it's really great. It has Maya Hawk from Stranger Things. And it also has, let me get her name pulled up. She's from Riverdale. Um, Veronica from Riverdale. Oh, okay. Camila, I think is her name. Um, I have no idea what her name is. I just know her as Veronica. Um, Veronica. She slays, of course. She's great. Um, the Camila Mendez. Um, what you call it? Like the cover art? That's not the right word. What the fuck is the word? Yeah, like the the poster, I guess. Yeah, the poster looks hot. So I definitely do want to see it. but I think you'll like it. I'll have to sit down and watch it with you sometime. Because uh, you'll, you'll enjoy it. Because I know you like Clueless, Heathers, Mingos. <laughs> so it's just like all that. It's great. Um, but I guess more on the horror side of everything. I watched Who Invited Them, which is a Shudder original. Um... It's it was a movie. Let's just say that um, it's quite intriguing. Uh, there's a lot about it that's like really interesting that I really enjoy, um, but uh, most of it's kind of predictable. Like nothing really feels uh, exciting in it, unfortunately. Uh, but I think it's well acted. It's a fun movie. Um, it definitely still gives you like an uneasy feeling. So if you guys are kind of like into a you know, like a twist on like the home invasion subgenre of horror. I think it's really something to check out. But it's on Shutter. I can, of course, go see for yourself. It's it's all right. It's all right. 
I haven't watched anything, um, but I have been listening to Little Shop of Horrors and Beetlejuice, both the Broadway adaptations. Yeah. Um, so that's been the vibe this week. <laughs> that mixed with Black Bear because Adrian and I actually went to see Black Bear <laughs> recently. Did. So we did. Um, you know, not horror related. Unfortunately, there's also, I mean, I Sign Kills is going to be here soon. Oh, not here. In Phoenix. Phoenix. <laughs> More horror related for sure than Black Bear. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a good time. It was. Being around people is always horrific. One of these times I'll drag you to Ice Nine Kills. It's going to work I out for us. I need to. I mean, just from the pictures. I mean, obviously I follow them. Um, I follow Spencer's Spencer. hot. Very hot. And I know what they do on the stage is, you know, entertain. So I would love to go to an Ice Nine Kills show. I follow their drummer on TikTok. Um, he's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> just the hottest of hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, One of these days oh we'll God. make it. We will. Honestly, guys, um, we're going to just... Rocky Horror is coming here next month. There's so much going on for spooky season that I'm like, I'm overstimulated. I don't know what to do. Yeah, my brain's pulsing right now. Pulsating. I don't know the proper word, but it's vibrating. Yeah. She's moving. I think pulsating is the right word. Pulsating. Yeah. Pulsating? <laughs> I don't know. We also have um, Pride coming up. Uh, yeah. Next weekend here. Las Vegas, Vegas has their Pride Parade in October. I mean, I can't imagine having an actual Pride here in Vegas in the middle of June. That sounds like living hell. I mean, they do EDC in the middle of the summer. That's and that's wild. Like, good on <laughs> y'all for being out there. But I could never. But also, October is National Coming Out Day. Oh, you're right. Of course um, it is. So, like, it, it's fitting for the theme, and it's bearable outside. Yeah. There's a lot. I mean, truly, honestly, there's a lot going on in the summer in Vegas. I mean, that's when Vegas is at its peak. That's when people come here more frequently than, you know, the rest of the year. So there's really too much going on. Um, so it's unfortunate that they shafted the gays to October. But like Stormy said, it's National Coming Out Month. So in a way, I think it's very fitting. And it allows us to not, you know, have to deal with Die of heat stroke. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which I'm always for, you know. Let's keep the gays safe. Let's keep let's keep the queers, um, you know, thriving. So I'm totally down for it. I've only ever been to one Pride Parade here in Vegas. I'm pretty sure it was my first year that I moved here. Of course, obviously, as you do when you move somewhere. Um, and it was a good time. I can't wait to go again. I'm excited. And this is your second like Pride, right? This is my second Pride ever. Yeah, and yes. I have some friends coming up to join us in the festivities it's spooky season mixed with gay mixed with just my seasonal depression going (laughs) away for two weeks so much is happening right (laughs) the summer seasonal depression going away just in time for the winter to kick in exactly (laughs) (laughs) um I think I talked, did I talk about it on Patreon? I did watch Pearl, everybody. Um, I think we'd, I gave a little bit more of a, like a quick talk about it on the Patreon episode. Honestly, I don't know if I did or did not. Um, but I did get to watch Pearl finally. And it's amazing. Like, I, there's nothing else to say about it. It's great. It's right up my alley. 
Um, it's fun. It's vibrant. It's colorful. It has great music. But at the same time, it's, you know, terrifying and um, sad and heartbreaking and, you know, uh, makes you feel a little bit uneasy at the same time. It's fantastic. It's a great companion piece to X. And I don't know. With the way 2022 is going, it's, uh, I'm feeling like X and Burr are, like, at the very top of my list. I guess we'll have to kind of come back to it at the end of the year. Um, but those two movies, now that you, I've seen both of them at least, they just – they feel better. You know what I'm saying? X was already a fave of mine, but Pearl just made X a better movie. Yeah. Um, so Ty West is killing it this year. So if you haven't seen Pearl, guys, it's great. Yeah. The fact that Pearl came out so fast right after yeah. X is wild to me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they had it planned, obviously, and they now have the third film, Maxine, coming out mm-hmm. um, in the future. So I'm excited to kind of see how it'll wrap up. Um, very interested to see where the story goes with Maya Goth's character from X Maxine. Um, and I can't wait. I mean, I, of course, at this point, I'm a very big fan of Ty West. These two movies have definitely solidified that for me. So I'm excited to see what happens with Maxine whenever we get it. I'm excited to see Pearl. So <laughs> we'll get there someday. Um, I'm so used, to, I mean, growing up when we did. I'm so used to sequels and, like, um, video-on-demand releases taking so long (laughs) that, like, the fact that we're getting things, like, back-to-back, it feels like now, is so exciting, but it makes me feel so old. Like, I remember going to the theater and then, like, a year and a half later, the DVD coming out. Yeah, it used to take a hot minute for DVDs to come out after the theatrical releases. Um, I wonder, I, I would Google it because I'm very interested to see if it, the time frame has changed any, especially like you said, with on-demand services now. Like, if Oh, like, it's definitely changed. Give them three, four months and that shit's already out on the internet somewhere. It used to be layout. I feel like it was definitely at least six to eight months after theatrical release for you to see a physical copy. Because at we least, saw no... Right? When I first got here, and it's already out. It came out in June, and it's already out. Yeah, mm-hmm. on, on demand. It was available to rent. I mean, especially during you know COVID times, it's oh, yeah. changed even more. Like it, you're BC was different <laughs> before <Yeah>. COVID. <laughs> yeah, BC. You know, in the before times, it it was different. I think it still came to on demand pretty quick, at least in comparison to how it used to be. But yeah, especially now, you know, with COVID. They definitely put them onto streaming services. Well, and some of them are coming out like same time, which I love. Halloween ends is going to be on Peacock same day. As it should. People should not have to have the money, have the time, have the resources, have the babysitter, have the whatever to enjoy theater. That's the fact that we're coming around to that is chef's kiss. Yeah, honestly. Or like in Stormy's case too, where she has a young daughter, obviously she can be in another room while she's watching a brand new horror movie. I mean, she saw Halloween Kills (laughs) in theaters. (laughs) (laughs) And Scream. And Um, Scream, yeah. But just in case, you know, if you ever want the option. Right. um, I'm sure there'll be something that I won't let her see. I do have limits sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Michael's for everybody. Um, (laughs) I mean, I, I was watching Michael, you know, at a very young age. Oh so, yeah, I, I feel, feel like, like we okay. were the same age when I started when we started watching Michael. We turned okay. We have anxiety, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who I doesn't feel like it would have it anyways? Yeah, I feel like it was you know bound to happen. 
but yeah, you know, whatever. I watched Michael as a kid, and you know, I'm all right. I'm doing okay. Um, speaking of Halloween Kills, they released like a little teaser where Jamie Lee Curtis did just doing like a quick like sit down interview where she was like talking just about how you know this is her last two raw as Laurie Strode the character. It made me excited for Halloween Kills or not Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends. Um, because quite honestly, I haven't been too excited about it. Um, even with like the first trailer, I just, I've just, I, I haven't been excited about it, sadly enough. But seeing Jamie Lee talking about this being like her last, as far as we know at this present time, her last two raw is Laurie Strode. Um, it definitely adds a lot of weight to it. And, and, you know, obviously now it's definitely peaked my excitement meter a little bit. Um, because if it really is the last time that she is Laurie, you know, Strode on screen, especially for us horror fans, like that's, it's a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Are Laurie, you prepared to see her die? Yeah, I've seen her die before. <laughs> I mean. It's not going to break my heart. I mean, I probably shed a tear for sure, but, you know, they killed her character off before. I can see it. Or um, I can see it happening again, and I'll, I'll be okay. Okay. Again, you know, this is the fourth like timeline in this franchise. Um, she's dead in one. She's dead in two already. So <laughs> <laughs> she does in this one. It just you know, third time's a charm. Maybe she actually stay dead and actually not come back. Oh my god. Which again would make this movie feel took a three timelines. <laughs> yeah, honestly, three timelines, three deaths for Laurie Strode to stay down. Kind of. I mean, iconic Fender girl. You know, <laughs> this is her third time going out, if it is. So, again, that's iconic behavior. But I think I'll be okay if she does. Will you be sad if she dies in this version? Um. In this timeline? I'm not especially attached to the Halloween um, franchise as a whole. So I don't think I'll be very emotional. But I... I could surprise myself. I was crying to 1408 earlier at work, so who knows? <laughs> who uh, knows anymore? <laughs> I can't I can't wait though. I mean, again, I if anything, if this is quite honestly the last time she's going to step into that blue top and blue jeans, um then I really hope it is a really solid movie for her sake cuz she deserves, you know, something grand, something exciting, something bloody and gory and you know, well-written, and I can't wait to see what happens now. Halloween 2018 was amazing. Yeah, great. Kills was whatever, and, like, it, as long as this one, I, I just really, I have high hopes. I need it. I need it to bookend. Yeah. I mean, and be good. coming into this, to this um, timeline, this new franchise, or not new franchise, I guess, but new uh, timeline in the franchise, um, this new trilogy. Originally, I mean, they just wanted David Gordon Green just had two movies in mind. He had two movies set up in his mind when he came on to, you know, making these films. Um, and obviously, with the success of the first one, the studio wanted a third. You know, they wanted to make it a trilogy. Um, so that's why I definitely feel like Kills definitely feels like it's something that was just tacked on. You know, Laurie, Michael and Laurie's story that they established in the first one, although they kind of separate them as people. They bring them together in the end, and I do feel like ends is going to feel like even more of a natural continuation from the first one, from 2018 at least. And kills, I mean, it's in the name. Like, it was thrown in there to just add more kills, make more money out of this franchise, and, you know, give Jamie Lee Curtis a couple a couple weeks on set sitting in the hospital and, 
you know, everybody's happy. So I really do hope that this uh, last film in this trilogy really wraps everything up nicely. Me too. But we won't have to be guessing too much longer because that is literal weeks from now. Literally weeks from now. Isn't that crazy? It's wild. I... Uh, it's wild. It really is wild. Like I, my brain cannot wrap my head around like everything that's happening in the next month. Oh my god! I mean, fucking the new Hellraiser movie comes out in also uh, like a few weeks, and word brother is brother Ghoulish as of now. <laughs> um, shout out to Ryan. Brother Ghoulish had a uh, entire live on TikTok about the Hellraiser series and the new release on Hulu. And it just made me hyped up. Like, I'm so excited for this release. Oh, it, I mean, it, the word is from people who haven't seen it early now is that it's great. It's a really great movie is what people are saying. So We deserve. I'm excited. I'm so excited. I mean, yeah, it's going to be a stacked month. We also get Terrifier 2 next month. And now that Stormy's officially seen Terrifier, you guys hey. will hear her reactions to that next month sometime. Yeah, y'all get uh, that. My first reaction live on I would say live on tape. I don't know why I said that. Uh, live just my live recording. reaction. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fun. Um, such a fun movie, right? And so I'm excited to see the sequel, even though I'm still questioning that runtime. Uh, I'm excited to see Arthur Clown again. Me too. He's so cute. <laughs> He's adorable. Um, I just want to pinch his ugly little cheeks. <laughs> but yeah, you guys have a stacked month next month. We all do. Horror fans have a stacked month next month. Um, Thankfully, November. Nobody gives a fuck about November, so we can recoup. <laughs> it's a definitely a chill out time. Time to relax, regather yourself before you know Christmas comes around. Um, and yeah, I'm excited. I'm so happy for spooky season. I need it now more than ever. If anything, before we get started on um, our actual discussion, I do want to give a quick disclaimer, some trigger warnings for child loss and suicide, because both of those are very heavy in this movie. And I don't want anybody to be sidelined if you don't know anything about this movie. All righty. Well, with that, then let's go ahead and take a quick break and we'll be back and we'll be talking about 1408. Hey everybody, so if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating. Again, we're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. Alrighty, we are back, and this week we are discussing 1408, originally released on June 22nd, 2007. The film was made on an estimated budget of $25 million. It would go on to see an opening weekend gross of around $20 million, and then a worldwide gross of $132 million. With a runtime of one hour and 44 minutes, the movie was directed by... Michael Hofstorm, and has a really, really talented cast. And it's very limited, but, I mean, talented nonetheless. John Cusack is Mike. Samuel L. Jackson is Gerald. Mary McCormick is Lily. Tony Shahab as Sam. Len Carew as Mike's father. Isaiah Whitlock Jr. as the hotel engineer. I mean, really, we don't have a lot of people in this movie. Um, Jasmine Jessica Anthony 
as Katie, um, Mike's uh, deceased daughter. (laughs) A man who specializes in debunking paranormal occurrences checks into the fabled room 1408 in the Dolphin Hotel. Soon after settling in, he confronts genuine terror. So 1408. Um, so yeah, I'm really happy that we get to talk about this movie this month, and I'm happy that I got to see it for the first time. Um, because it was, yeah, a blast. I had such fun with this movie. A lot of crazy shit, a lot of crazy visuals, um, mm-hmm. a mind fucked uh, or a mind fuck for sure. And uh, yeah, I can see why people really enjoy this movie. Yeah, we definitely kept up like the trend of mind fucks with this movie, just like we did with Oculus. Um, because this one is chock full. An hour and twenty minutes are mind fucks alone. Yeah, exactly. I mean, give it to Stephen King. You know, we have the story that centers on um, a writer of some sort. Um, again, Mike Ensign is his name, and he he pretty much writes. Uh, I mean, like it said in the synopsis, like paranormal occurrences. So he travels to haunted places. And he writes about them pretty much. I have a book that's like um, called Most Haunted Places in Nevada, I think. Um, so same type of thing. That's the kind of stuff that he's writing, which I is the kind of stuff that I enjoy. Got, yeah, me too. I recently got a book from another podcast that I listen to pretty heavily, which is, at, and that's why we drink. And they released their own book um, called The Haunted, Ro- the Haunted Road Atlas. Um, and I'm waiting on my copy to get here. So... Yes. What is that book about? Haunted places like on a road trip? Yeah, that they've been to. Ooh, that's really cute. Yeah. I love that. There's one place here in Nevada that we have to go to, um, the Clown Motel. I don't think it's <laughs> too far from Vegas. It's not. Isn't it on the way? Isn't it between here and California? Um, I mean, <laughs> probably. You can probably get there some way. Um, you know, you can probably get there to you know to California taking that route but at least on the road that i've taken to california now i've never seen it oh okay. see exactly which direction it is actually is it just clown, clown motel will that pull up on maps um, maybe clown motel. Um, i'm i think we've talked about it um but i'm really afraid of clowns <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is i i don't know if I am anymore, I, I'm used to saying that because I always was, especially like in high school for some reason, I was like petrified of, of clowns. And then like the most recent adaptation of Pennywise came out and <laughs> then now I've seen art and like I both think that I think they're both the cutest little things ever. So I don't know if I can say that I'm really that terrified of clowns anymore, but the like old school clowns, like John Wayne Gacy type of clown makeup. Uh, I don't like it. Spooky. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, you know, what this motel's all about. But I still would love to track you there sometime. I think it'd be hilarious. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't want to say it like always, that. <laughs> I'm always down to go, but I guess Scary, we'll see. Nonetheless. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um,. But yeah, so Mike again, he's pretty he's pretty cynical about like the work that he does. He doesn't really seem to believe a lot of the paranormal. Um, he's very blase. Very, very ho hum. He's just like, yeah, he's here okay. to make money. Um, bank in on something that people are really interested in that he's not too interested in. 
Um, we do learn, of course, that he recently, within a year from the movie's time, um, has lost his daughter, Katie. So he is very distanced from his estranged ex-wife, I believe. Are they divorced? I guess we really don't get that if they're divorced or not. No, um, I think he just left because whenever um, he's like Skyping um, Lily for help, mm-hmm. she's just like, I haven't talked to you in almost a year. Like... And I'm hearing from you now because you need help. And then she's like, right. what are we, divorced, separated? I don't know. You just left. Oh, she did question him on that. Okay, you're right. So, yeah, so they're strange. He's, he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing with his life. I think he wrote one good book. It was like The Long Road Home or something like that. <laughs> yeah, The Road Home, I think. The Road Home, yeah. And it briefly mentions his, I think it's issues. That, and I think it mirrors also his um, parental relationship with Katie and maybe, like, where he lacked at some point. Mm. Um, yeah, and so he wrote that, and now he's, like, bullshitting books, it feels like, just to say that he's still a him. writer. Yeah. To him. I mean, and again, it's what's, that's what's kind of, like, unfortunate. Because, I mean, obviously his books... Um, you know, they sell. So obviously they mean something to some people out there. Um, and he doesn't take it as seriously as, you know, maybe the fans of his books do. Um, so he's definitely in a tough spot. I mean, we really don't get like a time frame as to how long he's been doing these types of books. Um, cause like he's, we gotten do see a, he's cranked out like at least three. Yeah, at least three that we know of. But mm-hmm. then when we see the one fan near the beginning of the movie, because he goes to um, a book I mean, pretty much like a, yeah, like a book signing at a bookstore. And, like, there's a few people that are listening to him talk about his book. He, again, is less than enthused talking about it. Um, but one of the fans obviously brings his old book. And, you know, he's, oh, yeah, this is, like, he's, when I was young, this is a different guy now. Because she's like, you know, why don't you write books like this anymore? Um, I forgot where my train of thought was going with that, to be quite honest. What was I, I talking about right before that? Uh, we are talking about his last three releases and how, like, he oh, yeah, acts like that bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, so I just don't know when he decided to stop writing um, differently, I suppose. I don't know when he decided to do that. I don't know if it was the loss of his daughter that sent him down a different road. We really don't get that much of an explanation. Um, But to me, it feels like he's been doing these types of books and stories um, for a long time. So To me, at least, it feels like he's really bored of the work that he's doing currently. Mm-hmm. But at least somewhat excited, especially when he gets like a strange postcard in the mail, somebody warning him to not enter 1408 at the Dothan Hotel. And that seems to spark his interest again in what he's been doing recently. Very typical. You told me not to, so I'm going to. I mean, he- <laughs> it's kind of creepy. Would you like... Respond. If a random postcard, I don't know if we're supposed to know who it's from. I don't think we do. Um, I don't think we're like, we make a connection into who sent him that. Right. Uh, but if a random person that I did not know sent me a postcard, being like, don't go here, I'd be like, okay, I won't. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to. I but at the same it. time, like, Maybe he's at the point of fame where, like, he's getting fan mail. Mm, right. And people are sending him suggestions. It's his Patreon. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Snail mail Patreon. I don't mm-hmm. know if, like, that's the vibe that we're getting. But also, if we get, like, a very random scene of him surfing. Yeah. 
Well, it comes. It ties in later on in the movie. Um, but who? This man is in New York. We've come to find out that he has lived in New York, and now he lives in Los Angeles. Right. Um, After the death. But of the this daughter. random white man, who's easily in his forties, just like. Go surfing. Decides to go surfing. I just he can't <laughs> surf because he's forty. This I mean, man. sure. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Not making me ageist. Ageist. Uh, <laughs> you heard it here first. It's just random. <laughs> like, there's nothing that indicates that he would ever be into any. I mean, we're not, we don't know his, <laughs> we don't know his hobbies, hobbies but <laughs> <laughs> it just seems so random for John Cusack to go just surfing. He looks boring, so it right. just wouldn't seem like this guy would be into surfing, because I get those He's constantly sure. wearing a suit jacket, like, yeah, in I, what I, world? I don't know. The vibe, it, the vibe's not there, okay? I, I, I understand completely. I really do understand. It looks like he would watch, um, you know, like, the white fuzzies on a VHS tape that had finished rolling. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the kind of shit that he would do for fun. Right. Surfing doesn't seem like his type of vibe. Um, but apparently he loves it enough to go. He gets into like an inter uh, or he gets into like uh, what do they call that when you you wipe out? He wipes out and then um he like gets knocked out, I guess, and then it comes up onto the beach and then we get like a fade in fade out moment. You can tell he's obviously he's losing consciousness. Mm-hmm. And then it fades out all the way and it comes back and then he's heading to New York. So I thought that was very strange. Um, again, this is a first time watch for me. So when I was watching the movie and that happened, I was like, like, what a random like segue. (laughs) But you know me, like in my head immediately, I was like, Oh, he's gonna, he's gonna have a moment where he wakes back up here. I could just tell by the way that they were setting it up, um, that something like that was going to happen. And then as they were going through the motions of, the room and everything was happening. I knew there was going to be a moment where he woke up and thought he was outside of the room. I just knew it was coming. Um, mm-hmm. So it was, it, it stood out to me from the beginning and I'm happy that my instincts were right with it because it was a little, it was a little strange. Obviously they wanted us to pay attention to what was going on there. Right. Cause he's again, like somebody said, randomly at the beach, they could have had him, I don't know, walking down the street and I would have sooner believed, you know, a piano falling out of a window and hitting <laughs> him on the head. In but New York. Surfing's okay. <laughs> I'll yeah. take surfing, I guess. Is it's he so random. Movie? It's like he randomly like jacked off to fucking uh, uh Blue Crush and then he's like, you know what? I'm gonna do that. Is he that's what it feels us? like. I was gonna mention him jacking off earlier as like being his own. Oh my god. Movie. So we were both thinking about John Cusack jacking off, clearly. Um, I I don't know he's if not I'm attracted first. to John Cusack. Cause like in a way. He's the, the most, most basic white man I've ever fucking seen in my whole life. <laughs> but like sometimes objectively in the I right would be ashamed light. to say um I find him attractive. Just because again he does give um, you know, a boring older white guy. But there's one moment in particular, I think it's when he I think it's maybe when he comes back into the room from being outside on the window, like when the windows disappear mm-hmm. and he comes back into the room and his hair is like windblown mm-hmm. for some reason, like that first <laughs> getting back up with his hair. You're wind like, blown. okay, Owen Wilson. Yeah. I was like, he, I can give some sloppy choppy right now to this man. And I John Cusack is mind. like that one guy when it's late at the bar. Oh, when it's late at the bar and you're just like everybody else that's super hot has like left 
and you're mm. like, you know what? I'm just drunk enough to do this. Yes. And then exactly. you do it and he gives mediocre a mediocre railing. He starts crying afterwards about his ex-wife and then you like his awkwardly leave. Yeah. <laughs> you leave. <laughs> uh, afterwards, obviously. But that's the kind of vibe he gets. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't be proud of it, but like I got laid, you know? I would never tell anybody. Oh, I, I would tell you in a heartbeat. I I would be too ashamed. But to even tell me? To tell anybody. Unless oh my God, it, not John Cusack being a secret dick down. I mean, unless he gave it to me good, unless, you know, he was pumping into the back of my throat in a way I've never oh felt. God. I, I feel like he bother. would be really aggressive. I feel like he would, like, fuck he my face. Yeah. Aggression. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I feel like I he'd fuck my face, that. and then, like, that's when he would start crying about his ex-wife. Oh, my God. <laughs> Honestly... As long as he keeps the rhythm going, cry all you want, baby. Use those oh tears as lube. Let them fall to the Stop. ground. <laughs> Let them hit the shaft, and it'll be just fine. But I'm a Pisces. His eyes you know, we're into are that like weird toxic shit. A weird toxic shit. Me too, girl. He's That's not like objectively why I was married. to me attractive. Um, but, but he's not ugly. Movie. Of course, nobody's ever ugly. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Um, I would I like could to ride the say nose. nobody's ever ugly. But just, he's not what I would say is attractive to me. Hmm. But again, that's all subjective. Um, but again, in this movie, if he can get past his awful clothes and his awful outfit and his awful like weird printed open button down shirt that he has, then maybe. And you never have you seen what I was married to? Massive. I don't have to look past anything. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my. Um, but yeah, so anyways, after he knocks his head out, he does end up at the Dolphin Hotel. Um, I, we did skip, though, very kind of quickly coming back to the beginning of the movie. The old couple at the first place that he checks into is the most annoying couple in the oh, entire yeah. world. Let me check into this room before you start harassing me with your haunted history. Give and me a he's moment. so annoyed right away. He's like, ugh, these people. Yeah. As he like should be, I, honestly. I would be the same way. Yeah, especially if it's like my job. I'm here to like write. I will tell you when to talk to me. You know what I'm saying? I'm Wait till I get my recorder out. And yeah, also, exactly. it's probably late as fuck at night. Like, you're being annoying. And also, <laughs> the funniest part is they're telling him, like, oh, you need to do this and make sure to lock the door and make sure to lock the door. They say it like three or four times. And he's like, I will once you give me the key to check in <laughs> and they're like oh okay and i'm like if y'all don't stop being the most annoying ass fucking white people i've ever met the most annoying people in the world i swear i was like can y'all shut the fuck up as soon as he walked in and i was just like you know i want to give people the benefit of the doubt but i know i would be like can you stop talking to me i'm tired and they do eventually let him go upstairs and you know we get a cool shot just the one Simple frame of him walking around the room as we finish through the credits. Also, the title card on this movie is like a weird, random, like light flare off of a headlight that like illuminates out of it and it turns into the 1408 title. Um, it was really, really funny and I really enjoyed it. Very random, very random title card. Um, but yeah, anyway, so he first, obviously, before he gets to the hotel, he does give them a call and tries to book the hotel room. And the person that he's speaking to is like, Sorry, unavailable. 
And he's like, well, I want to check into the room. And then eventually they just hang up on him. So then he does extensive research on the hotel. He sees that there's been many people who have killed themselves in this room. Trigger warning again, like Stormy said, um, we deal with a lot of that in this movie. Because the room itself causes people to do this. Um, so he sees a lot of these stories. He's really intrigued. His, I think it's his publisher, right? That's like, uh, legally, they can't not let you check into this room if it's available. Yeah, I think so it's his manager, maybe. Yeah, and so they use that as a way to, to get him into the hotel. So he ends up there. He goes to check in. Um, and we meet Samuel Jackson. <laughs> yeah. He's, of course, you Such know, like a random... I, did, I never expect to see Samuel Jackson in my horror. I Just for some reason... I'm a sure. A little thriller moment. A little horror moment. I'm sure. But nowadays, I'm trained to like expect him in Marvel movies and stuff like that. Not like thrillers for some reason. So when I saw him, I was like, oh my god, I forgot. I love that. If there's one thing about Samuel L. Jackson is he will take a check. He will appear anywhere and everywhere. Um, Tired he of will these motherfucking up. snakes on this yeah. motherfucking plane. As a case in point, Deep Blue Sea... He, oh, again, I forgot about Deep Blue Sea. He will take He's the best part of Deep Blue Sea. Oh, yeah, of course. Iconic in anything that he's in. I mean, he's Samuel L. Jackson. Right. Um, and he always has a presence. He is a movie star through and through. So seeing him pop up in this movie, um, it's exciting. You know, he has that voice. Um, he has that presence. Um, he can make you take anything serious. So when he brings John Cusack, um, Mike, to his office. Mike, right? Mike, yes. <laughs> okay. He brings him to his private office, and he does what he can. He does his best to try to convince this man to not stay in this room. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. Maybe it's uh, the believer in me, but if you're offering me, like, expensive alcohol and all kinds of shit to not stay in this room, I just won't stay in this room. I won't do it. I also do see Mike's point, though, in him being like, oh, you're just trying to sell this to me. Like... You're setting me up to believe that this is the scariest thing that I've ever fucking seen and I don't need to be here. So if this is a scam, like I'm already preconditioned to think that this is spooky. So then I'm more likely to review it that way and take every little creak and pop as like something awful and horrible. So I do see where he's coming from, um, but I also... was. Like, I'm on the same page as you. Like, if somebody's trying to bribe me yeah, to exactly. not be somewhere, you got it. I, I'm not going in there. Yeah, I will take I am the maintenance the guy that's just like, I'll walk you through it from the hallway. I'm not <laughs> yeah, stepping foot like in this fucking <laughs> this so room. I love it. I fucking love it. Um, again, this movie was so much more fun than I thought it was going to be. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Again, if I'm being bribed to not do something, um, especially if it involves a space where 50-something people have died, right. I, will, I will gladly not do it. Not only but like died, but most have committed suicide, and the others have had like traumatic random deaths. Like There was people deaths, that drowned. Yeah. That just Heart drowned attack, in a room. Yeah, Randomly drowned. Um, or even the people who haven't died have gouged their eyes out or become blind or like this room is doing something to people clearly. And I would just be like, you know what, Samuel L. Jackson, I 
I will take that bottle of alcohol. I will take those tickets to that random basketball game or whatever. Like, I'll do anything else. I won't stay in this room. I believe you. Um, But again, like you said, this is his job. You know, so he's probably heard these kinds of stories a million times before. Mm -hmm. I'm scared of regular drowning. Like, if you tell me that somebody just drowned in a hotel room, I'm not going. But, you know, alas, he doesn't care. Even when, because... In doing all his research, obviously, he had learned about, you know, um, what I guess the news might show is like the tragic deaths, people who have jumped out of windows or were found um, you know, hanging. Uh, but when Samuel Jackson's character whips out like a huge file on all the natural deaths, again, the ones who have drowned or had heart attacks, he's like, you know, here's a whole file on a whole bunch of other deaths that nobody's reported on. You can even have all of this for your book. Take this. Uh, pretend you stayed in the room, you know, for a bit and just be happy, sell your books and move on. Um, especially when he would have when he did that, I definitely would have just given up. I wouldn't have even bothered staying in the room. Right. Because now there's not even a shtick like you're giving me everything I need on a silver platter. Why? Right. Why Breaking would you be telling me no? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, he again just keeps arguing until the point where, I mean, you know, Samuel Jackson has no option but to let him stay in the room. Um and it's crazy. So they go on the elevator. And it's funny because they get to the, the 14th floor and Samuel doesn't even get out. Um, he just stays in the elevator. He's like, unless it's the one time a month that, you know, I monitor two maids who clean that room up. I don't go any closer to this room. Um, and it's pretty funny. Again, it really sets up this room as being its own evil entity. He even says, like right before he goes in there, he's like, it's an, it's one evil fucking room. And the most Samuel L. Jackson line delivery you can expect from him. <laughs> uh, and it was great. I love it. We There's also this one moment whenever John Cusack is in the, um, in the main lobby of this hotel. And there's like a bellhop that walks by him and asks him if he needs help. And they make sure and, like, zoom in on his face. And John Cusack's like, no, thanks. And we come to find out later, like, um, that is, like, one of the keys to us figuring out that he's still in this room. Mm -hmm. Because we think that he's escaped the room later in the movie. And that same man, we zoom in on his face. And that's when John Cusack's like, hold on. I'm still stuck in this fucking room. Yeah, and again, good thing they did. A they start tearing apart the post office that John Cusack is in, <laughs> and that's it's a, uh, that was crazy. tearing down the walls, and he's still in the room. That was, and I think, that's my favorite visual of this movie. Yeah, that's really cool when they do that. I really do enjoy that. Um, so when he does get to the room, um, like again, this room does not waste any fucking time. Samuel L. Jackson says that most times people don't last an hour in that room before something happens to them. So he gets to the room, obviously. Um, he's left alone in there. Um, and immediately he starts on his little tape recorder to talking about how it's like every hotel room. He was expecting it to be a little bit more weird and whatnot. Um, and the hotel room doesn't waste any fucking time. Because when he's sticking his head out of the window at one point, um, the radio starts playing very loudly. And it immediately slams the window down on his fingers. And like, immediately he's already... Well, before it does that, when it plays loudly, it leaves, like, an extra piece of chocolate for him on the pillow. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as that happened, I would have left. If the radio's turning on by itself and, you know, extra chocolates are appearing out of nowhere, after 50 people, I've just learned that 50-something people have died in this room, why am I tempting fate? Again, he's a skeptic, and he's cynical, and he doesn't believe any of this. But that one instance he's like- of... 
Samuel Jackson's hiding in the walls, and he's putting these chocolates here and folding the toilet paper behind my back. And I'm like, in what world does that make sense? Yeah, I think <laughs> you're crazier to assume that Samuel Jackson's running around this room doing all this to scare you than just believing it was a ghost. Right. You know, or some type of presence. It mm-hmm. just makes no sense. You would hear him running around this old-ass hotel room. He's crazy. I mean, who knows what his, his experiences have been like, but whenever he was insisting on Samuel Jackson, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I was so confused. And he, does, he did that immediately. And in my mind, I'm like, I would just leave right away. Like, I, I, I just, I wouldn't stay in this place. I, again, he has a job to do, and his whole motto is, like, he doesn't get rattled. But, my guy, I would be rattled. I really would. And by the time he, the window does close down on his hand, I mean, Oof. I would have really been done. I think he does actually try to leave after that happens. Because first, the, the, thermostat, uh, the thermostat stops working, and the mm-hmm. room starts to get, like, cold. That's when he goes and to gets hot. the front desk. It gets hot first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hot work. I just, I mean, I immediately am just thinking about that ridiculous scene where it becomes covered <laughs> in snow. Because um, <laughs> there's so much that happens in this hotel room. I, I didn't expect it to be so nonstop. I really didn't. Because mm-hmm. as soon as that radio plays the first time, he's in the thick of it and it doesn't oh, stop. Yeah. Well, and it's supposed to be in one hour. And if for all of this to happen in one hour is fucking wild. On top of he has like a hallucination of like we said earlier where he thinks he's left and he lives at least three days outside of this house in his mind is also crazy. And he writes a whole book. He writes a whole book. Yeah. Outside of his mind goes to mail it off to the post office and the post office is like, nope, sorry, we're closed. And he's like, what the fuck do you mean we're closed? And the construction company tears down the walls to reveal that he's still in the hotel room. So I'm wondering <laughs> if it's maybe like, you know how our dreams are only like, I think it's a couple of minutes long. Right, at a time. At most. Um, I'm wondering if like that's the vibe, I guess. That's how so much is going on in this hour or what? I think it's just all, I mean, when it comes down to hallucinations and, you know, being tricked by the occult, the supernatural. <laughs> There's I mean, no time in a mind fuck. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, the song is called We've Only Just Begun by the Carpenters. Also, you guys, they play it a few times in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's scary. I think it's really creepy um, because it's pretty much the room threatening him every time it turns on. Like it's saying, we've just begun. I can keep doing this to you. I can do this all day. Um, and it's hilarious. Uh, so so much happens in this room. It's crazy. So again, the first uh, at first again, obviously the the thermostat stops working. Again, the music is turning on on its own. Um, he again has his hand slammed by the window, and that's pretty much when things really start to get serious. Once his hand is smashed in the window and he starts to bleed, he freaks out. He goes to call the front desk, um, and it's hilarious because the front desk person uh, 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 very clearly is not a human being. Um, like, she just starts talking about other stuff around his concern. He's like, can you fucking help me? And she's just, like, mentioning anything else. And then at one point, he's like, you stupid fucking bitch. I need your help. And she's like, I'm not going to accept that tone. And he's <laughs> like, let me speak to the manager. And she's like, no problem. And at that point, he just realizes there's nothing he can do. Um, what happens after that? Because the manager doesn't even um, come back on. I they, forgot how that conversation goes. I think it goes to... 
You know what? I don't know. Do they hang Me up on either. him? I think it just I, connects. I don't remember. But something happens where he just gives up on the phone and immediately goes and tries to get it out of the room. Um, the maintenance guy shows up. <laughs> well, this is after. So oh, when the okay. set thing happens, yeah. So this is after he um, has his hands already bleeding and he's trying to get out of the room. Um, so yeah, you. once that lady pretty much reveals to him that she's like part of this fucking whole entire oh, yeah. operation. Where she's um, like, are you out. ready to check out now? <laughs> yeah. And so he freaks out. He tries to get out of the room. Um, it doesn't work. The key uh, breaks immediately as soon as he puts it into the, the key. The fucking hole, handle. Sucked in. <laughs> the, the, handle the handle starts breaks. falling off. He shoves like a, what is that? A knife or something. Yeah, digs in it, trying to, <laughs> trying to unlock it. That doesn't work. Um, he's trying desperately, but this room obviously is not letting him out because that's the whole premise. Uh, and it does use an old-fashioned key. They do make a, a point about it earlier. Where he's like, I don't use like electric keys for this stuff. And he's like, Electronics you know, don't work in 1408. Yeah, Samuel Jackson corrects him very quickly and says, I'm sorry, the mechanical or the electric just doesn't work. Um, so Hopefully you don't have a pacemaker, he says. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was pretty funny. Uh, so yeah, he's freaking out. He pounds on the door. Once the handle breaks, he looks through the peephole and there's an eyeball staring back at him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would have been like, uh, what the fuck? I would have been, I would have just stabbed it. I would have stabbed my little knife through that peephole and just stabbed that person in the eye. Bro, eyeballs freak me the fuck out. Eyebrows are gross. Yeah, it's so creepy. And again, just like if there was an eyeball staring right back at me from the fucking peephole, I would have screamed. And he just like, casually steps back from the door i mean there's already a lot happening so it probably doesn't even seem like anything to him uh but it's crazy he also oh oh, go ahead i was gonna say the moment whenever he is looking across the way um and he's trying to get somebody to help him to call 911 and he's like yelling at the person like please help me please help me and he's swaying from side to side, and it turns out it's a mirror image of him. Like, it is literally just him across the street. And that is that is so spooky. That's what I expect to happen when I'm looking in the mirror all the time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but that was probably one of my favorite movies, uh, or one of my favorite moments in the movie, for sure. Because I wasn't expecting that, to be quite honest. Um, I think that's he's before that. he even hurts his ar- hand. Yeah, that happens before he hurts his hand. Because mm-hmm. um, that's when he gets attacked by like that random ghost girl that he sees a few times in the uh, in the hotel room. Because yeah. as he's doing that, he sees that reflection across the way, somebody coming up behind him. So he turns and sees like this. I mean, she looks like a crazed woman <laughs> coming at him with like a type of hatchet, and like he freaks out, and he starts to see ghosts. Like he'll see like these mm-hmm. weird. Uh, they're like very. What is the right way of describing them? Like they look like they're straight out of the TV. They're yeah, they're ghosts. very pixelated. Um, and he also starts hearing his daughter talking yeah. in this room. And a baby crying. He hears a baby crying. He's hearing all kinds of shit. The first thing, honestly, after the, the phone rings at the very beginning, or not the phone rings, after the radio plays and he's able to stop it that first time, it has like that ringing sensation in his ear that they also mm-hmm. force us to have. Um crazy shit again this room is it's truly evil it doesn't mess around and obviously when all the shit starts to go down the clock also sets a timer which is crazy it starts timing him for an hour and again if the clock did that i would have i don't know i would have freaked out if the clock set itself to an hour i would think that i'm in um 
that one hotel invasion movie that we just recently covered. Mm. Vacancy. Oh, yes. I would Some be like, oh, so I shit. have an hour to until somebody comes busting in this room to murder me. Like that yeah. <laughs> that's what I would like feel like. Camera in the vent. Obviously he's probably playing tricks in his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but he sees the camera in the vent too. So that does lend him to continuously think that he's just being played by this hotel. Um, but I'm like, no. Like, you're seeing ghosts and whatnot already. Like, why would we just assume it's the hotel? Clearly, this room is mm-hmm. an asshole. Well, and then at one point, he thinks that he has been drugged by the fancy alcohol that right. Samuel Jackson's character gave him. So he's just trying to make up any normal excuse for any of this to be happening which yeah I'm honestly sure. i think that uh assumption is pretty valid um oh yeah for sure to be quite honest because i mean a lot of what he's seen up until that point easily could have fallen into like a hallucination type of category mm-hmm. um but then so the tv very... turns on with fucking pixels of his pixel videos of his him Home his video. wife and his daughter <laughs> yeah yeah which is again, you know, Stephen King. He likes to pull at the heartstrings. He likes to, you know, bring in that family trauma. Girl, um, I was so crying movie, at work. <laughs> this movie is very heavy on that for sure. Uh, he likes to, you know, put himself into his stories by having his characters be writers all the time. It feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Literally, yeah, Jack from The Stephen Shining. King. Yeah, literally Jack from The Shining. Um, I don't know. It's not like my favorite thing that he does, to be honest. Uh, but this, I think this movie I mean, he's writing from what he knows. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I don't, again, I get he has a lot of fans. I'm not going to say anything ill of Stephen King because I'll probably get attacked. Um, it just happens a lot, is all I'm saying. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. But for this, for, for again, for this movie, again, I had never seen it. So when the movie started and I heard that he was an author, I was like, oh, here we go again, Stephen King. We're doing it again. Um, but again, it's like a different type of story. It's a different type of vibe um, because it's something that I'm really interested in. Like these little, you know, top 10 scariest places, books and whatnot are like really fun to me. Um, and he's also a skeptic of what he's writing. So it kind of adds a dimension to his character as an author that I really do enjoy because him being put into the situation and like not believing it, it annoys me because as a believer of this kind of stuff, I'm just like, the signs are pointing for you to get the fuck out. And he looks for any possible reason to stay um, up until the point where he does get physically injured. And at that point, he has no choice but to stay in the room. Um, but it's nice. It's a nice little dynamic for a little bit because he's like doing again what he can to try to convince himself that nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very funny. He's very convincing, at least. John Cusack is um, in this role. Oh, yeah. There's one point, though, where <laughs> it's very... Um, I think it's just a camera trick that we did a lot in the early 2000s. Very like saw where it's a stable. The character is at a stable point, but the camera is spinning around him and they're like his facial expression is just changing a lot um, and it's sped up. It's very ridiculous. It feels very um, like the pirating warnings in the early (laughs) (laughs) early 2000s. I mean, again, it, it, I feel like but that he's acting. It much he's the most. He is. He's acting the house down, boots, mama slay. <laughs> oh my um, god! Yeah, that one scene in particular is crazy. Like you said, it's very much like the piracy vibes, the saw vibe, uh, the hostile vibe, the early two thousands vibe. 
Um, it's like the one thing in this movie that really dates it for sure. Mm-hmm. That one random shot. But so much again happens in this hotel room. Um, let's kind of go through some of the the shit that happens to him. Um, it might not be in you know the correct order, but let's just go through it. Uh, one of the f- one things that really freaked me out is when he and I, I in my mind I'm like, damn, I wish he would have been thinking two steps ahead of this room. Uh, when he tries to obviously get to the next room's window by you know climbing on the ledge of the building, I was like, why would you do that? That seems crazy. There's people who have died countless times from falling from these windows. Who's to say they weren't trying the same thing when they fell? Right. And like they were just ruled a suicide. Yeah. Or this is a hotel that does whatever the fuck it wants. What if it just takes the ledge away? Yeah, exactly. I'm surprised it didn't. I mean, it took the windows away because as he's walking and he thinks he's getting close to the window, he realizes that there's no other windows on his floor all of a sudden. Um, Mm -hmm. And he almost falls. I gagged. I won't lie. I almost I screamed a little bit when he almost falls because of the loud car horn. Um, and then he goes back to the hotel room. He tries to get back into the window. One of the ghost ladies that keeps jumping out of the window continuously while he's in there <laughs> uh, freaks him out and causes him to fall back. He holds on by the sheer power of I don't know what. Um, and he's able to get back up from the sheer power of I don't know what. Um, but it's crazy. I know when that lady jumped over him out of the window and like started falling over him. I know the intrusive thoughts in my mind in that moment would have just let go. Because if she's falling, I'm like, let me just fall at the same time as this bitch. I just know my mind would have been like, just let go. <laughs> my uh, intrusive thoughts would be me. like, you know the saying that all parents use? Like, if your friends jump off a bridge, would you do it? I would like see her and I'd be like, you know what? Bet. <laughs> <laughs> well, seeing her do it put like butterflies in my stomach. Uh, like the sensation of falling came over me when I saw her do mm-hmm. that. So I know if I was holding on and watching her do it in real time and I had that same sensation while I was holding on to the ledge for my dear life, I probably would have slipped up and fallen. So that's the only reason I said I probably would have just fell with her because I know my stomach would have been churning. Mm. Also, the crazy thing with this room too is the fucking walls start cracking and fucking bleeding out blood. I was like, oh my, is it the Hashling and Slasher? Is this SpongeBob? The walls oozing green slime? It was crazy to me when the walls cracked and it started oozing out blood. I was like, this is the most haunted house experience I've ever seen in my life. Um, when the lights also, start flashing. Mm-hmm. And then the there, the painting comes to life. Like there's a painting of a, a ship at sea mm-hmm. in like rough waters. And then he almost drowns in this room. The room fills with water. Um, there's... This room is wild. <laughs> it's crazy. And uh, he also, again, tries at one point um, to escape through the vents. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, you just tried to escape through the window. What made you think going through the vents is going to change this room's ability to... Yeah, the room's like, oh, shucks, I can't get to the vents. (laughs) Yeah, and it's so creepy because when he's going through the vents and he gets to what he thinks is the next room, um, he looks down and it's his wife with their daughter when she was an infant and, like, she's calling for him and she slowly looks up at the vent and, like, he sees her. It's so creepy. Mm -hmm. So creepy. And then some random old man bag of bones starts chasing him through this vent or some old man starts chasing him through the vents and he, like, kicks their head and it explodes into dust it's right. crazy and then we encounter his father in the bathroom as if we didn't have enough familial trauma we had to address the familial trauma with his father which in uh inspired his first book 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah. We just, see a little bit of that for sure. A lot of imagery sick of his and daughter. confused. Oh, yeah. Um, another crazy thing, too, that happens um, at one point, because it's really him just being in hysterics this entire time and different things happening to him. Um, at one point when he opens up the fridge and he sees the manager, <laughs> Samuel Jackson, in it. Yeah, when he's standing <laughs> so in funny. there. Yes, and he's talking to him. And, you know, they're having a conversation. Um, you know, it's a deep conversation about, you know, why he wants to be in this room and so on and so forth. But then he gets frustrated and tries to, like, choke out the manager, but he just starts <laughs> throwing food everywhere. It's oh, yeah, he's tearing too. up the expensive food that's in this fucking mini fridge. And uh, when the room fucking throws up brick walls in front of, like, everything, so fucking petty. Yeah. I've been so pissed. The people's covered by bricks. The one window is covered by bricks. It causes the other window to completely disappear. Um, it's crazy, to be quite honest. This room is wild. I'm it sure really I've said is. that, like, 18 times. But it really is. This movie is a ride. And that's what it's doing pretty much. I mean, again, it's just... It's throwing stuff at him constantly. Um, after it hurts his hand the first time and he goes to wash off the hand too in the sink and the Burn water just starts him. blasting out. Yeah, the hottest mm-hmm. temperature possible. Uh, his first instinct is to start kicking the faucet. I was like, Mike, are you going to pay for the damages? I mean, a lot worse happens by the time this movie I ends. mean, yeah. The last thing I'm worried about is the fucking Dolphin Hotel or whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, like suing me for damages. I, I'm always worried about whenever, my pocketbook. Oh my god! Whenever Samuel L. Jackson is trying to convince him not to go into this house or into this room or whatever, he was like, "I really don't give a fuck about you. I just don't want to clean up the mess." Truly. <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, girl." So he probably wouldn't even sue for damages. He sets the fucking room on fire. Yeah. Spoiler alert! Because that's how he escapes: is he burns this fucking hotel down or attempts to at least. Which is wild to me, because like, I feel like this room is um, kind of like with uh, the Oculus mirror. Like, I feel like it's doing a good job at like avoiding being actually damaged or hurt in a way. Um, but it says on the wall, like on the brick, it says, burn me alive. <laughs> Do you think it was like a, um, like a message to try to tell them how to get out? Maybe somebody down the line, like one of the people that was murdered by this room? Wrote it? I'm not really sure, but the, it does I have a thought. message on the brick that says burn me alive. See, but I thought it was just like somebody who had been getting tortured like wrote that out because they were sick of being tortured. Maybe. But I do like the aspect of it possibly being like a way of like the room giving you a hint of how to maybe defeat it. Like the mm. only way to kill it is to kill it with fire. That Crazy seems to, to be a about. trend. So if I ever encounter something... Demonic? Hor- yeah, horrible demonic which i mean knock on every piece of wood in this house yeah. i would no thank you exactly. but um that's my f- <laughs> that's my first step <laughs> uh yeah and at one point too because he um obviously is trying to get out of this room as the, he, as best as he can his phone has no signal there's no internet um he has like a, what he says is the wireless so it gets like a wireless laptop that he's able to use in some random way i don't know i wasn't a tech head at this time in 2007 so i don't understand i always logistics. just assumed it's the wi-fi <laughs> but maybe i'm because of the wireless so i don't understand what the fuck i don't know i don't know what that means you guys again i i don't know but He's able to get through to his wife and have an actual conversation with her. Um, pretty much trying to tell her, like, hey, I'm at the Dolphin Hotel. 
um, please send somebody the 14 away and I'm in trouble. And she's like, again, like Stormy said earlier as well, like saying, hey, you haven't been around in a year. You left me. What the fuck? Now you're calling me because you need help. And he's like, please just send help. And then the room turns on the fire alarm, the water, um, and fucking causes the computer to tank out. Very petty mm-hmm. again. Speaking of petty, I want to go back. And you said he talks about the wireless. Mm-hmm. Girl, Wi-Fi stands for wireless fidelity. Is that what it stands for? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. And he has to be using Maybe. the Wi-Fi then. But at the same time, like, I mean, I guess I don't remember what computers and like the Internet were like in 2007, like off the yeah. top of my head. But this computer is janky, girl. Like it's, the yeah. screen is awful, but the he like Yahoo chats his ex wife. It's like Skype, I guess. Yeah. Um, Again, I don't, I don't get it. I I was young at this time, so I wasn't doing all this stuff. Um, <laughs> but it's impressive to we know were, that this was something happening in two thousand seven because that feels like a long time ago now. It really does, and the f- like. What cracks me up is his laptop gets wet for. All of three seconds, and then it blue screens. And I'm like, girl, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is very hilarious. Uh, and then the hotel even used it against him later on because, well, I guess before we get to, like, when the room turns into, like, a fucking blizzard, um, like Stormy said earlier, one of the paintings does come to life. Um, there's one moment near the beginning of the movie, too, when he's first, like, getting scared where he turns off all the lights and is using all his equipment to, like, read the room and use a black light, and he sees the blood stains all over the apartment pretty much. Um, right. But then he turns on the light because it's like a suite. There's like a sitting area and then there's like a, a French door into the actual bedroom. So he turns on the light in the bedroom and then the lights are still off in the actual sitting area. But there's like one single light that's over the picture of the boat out at sea. And he looks and he sees that the picture itself has been turned uh, or it's like crooked now. There's something about that scene. Nothing. There's not really a jump scare in that moment. But him walking through the dark, uh, again, it just made me be like really anxious. Um, so I love that the movie also has moments of like there not being an actual scare attached to something that's like daunting or scary. Right. For me, um, I think the scariest part is when the room fills with water. <laughs> yeah, that was scary. Especially because again, when that started happening immediately, I was, I went back to the thought or uh, to the conversation he had with Samuel Jackson, where he said somebody drowned. Yeah. I would have been like, I would have given up. In that moment. Once the room started to fill with water like that, I was like, well, I'm going to drown like the other person. Two people right. will die by drowning in this room because there's nothing <laughs> I can do. Another one bites the dust. It's me. Exactly. And, like, I can't even leave a note for my family, like, because it's just going to get washed away in this random sea that has happened in this hotel. Yeah, exactly. But when he does um, start to drown, and he honestly, he, he does kind of give up right away, which is kinda not hilarious, but because um, he's holding on for I a feel bit. feel it. <laughs> he just lets go and just starts going into the water. And yeah, I was like, I get it. But that's when he like closes his eyes again while he's falling underneath the water. And then he wakes up and he's on the beach. And again, the movie does, again, I saw it coming. You know, I knew it was going to happen. But the movie tries to make us believe that he's gotten out. This was all a dream. He dreamed up this whole scenario. Um, you know, he's in the hospital from hitting his head while surfing. Um, his wife has, you know, come to L.A. to see him. They spend a couple days together. He writes a book on this, uh, the story of what happened to him while he was in the hotel. And like Stormy said, he then goes to try to sell it. And they immediately start tearing apart the entire post office, and it just transitions back into the room. Um, the room at that point then is completely destroyed. 
Um, All of the people that worked at the post office were people that he had seen in the hotel. Yeah, exactly. Wait, so does the blizzard stuff happen before this? Because uh-huh. yeah, yeah, right. Because it comes back and it's completely destroyed and it stays like that. Yeah. Gotcha. Until the timer goes off and he wakes up. Yeah, the blizzard happens after he tears up like the fridge. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, nothing really happens in that moment. Again, it just gets really cold, and the hotel room plays a trick on him where they act like the computer turns the- back on. And it or tells Lily, it, yeah, it calls Lily, and then it speaks for him and, like, mm, acts as right. if he's the one telling Lily that he needs, uh, she needs to come to the hotel and, like, save yeah. him. And she's like, I'll the be room. there in five minutes. And the, the, the room version of him is just like, yeah, don't tell anybody that you're here. Just come straight to me. And real version of him is like, no, please don't. Oh, my God. And then mm-hmm. his vision, like, his... The room version of him winks at the real version of him yeah, in the it's computer. A, it's a creepy it, moment. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then after that's probably when the water splash, like splashes out of the painting. Um, yeah. But when he finally wakes back up, because, again, the post office transitions back into the hotel room. Um, there's a moment, again, where his uh, he sees his daughter again. And she comes to him barefoot, walking through, like, the broken shards of glass. Because now, again, when he comes back from the post office, the room is completely in disarray. It looks like it's been, you know, left for many, many years. Um, His daughter comes up to him. And probably the saddest scene, for sure, for me, um, is because she she walks up to him. And she's like, Daddy, I miss you. I love you. When he's holding her. Yes. And then she dies in his arms. Oh, God. Yeah. And he's like, you can't and then she bursts into (laughs) she bursts into nothing she's gone again you know what another creepy moment he squeezes her and she pops (laughs) yeah she's gone it's crazy and he starts scooping up her little ashes and like just starts like holding him on the ground for a little bit Mm -hmm. um that's where i was crying so sad yeah i was was sitting at work like (laughs) (laughs) trying to cry as (laughs) quietly as possible Uh, and yeah, and then the timer goes off, and he's been in there for an hour, and it switches everything back to the, you know, the original room, and he gets a call from the front desk lady again, and yeah, this is when she's like, "Are you ready to check out?" And the room at this point is just saying like, "You can't leave. We'll be on the loop. We'll start the hour over. We're gonna keep torturing you until you decide to use our express checkout and kill yourself. Like that's the only way out." And they start fucking throwing up nooses hanging from the ceiling all over this fucking place. Um, it's He's like, intense. I'll make my way out of here, just not your way. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, girl. So he lights up a Molotov cocktail, throws it at one of the walls. The room starts screaming out in pain, pretty much. And then he just sits there casually and waits for the fire department. He smokes his cigarette. Him. Yeah, his last cigarette. Oh, girl, you know what? A scary, two scary parts are to me is he goes. Um, at one point he goes and like looks at the Bible. I don't know if he was, like, going to turn to Jesus or if he was just going to use it for fucking Kindle, kindling or whatever. But, like, he goes and looks in the Bible and the Bible's blank pages. And that's Ooh, yeah. terrifying to me. And also, he gets faxed. He gets a fax, which should let you know how old this fucking movie is. But he gets faxed his daughter's shirt. <laughs> yeah, like her little dress or something. Mm-hmm. It makes uh, me so yeah. sad. They also force him to see a scene of his daughter in the hospital when they first found out that she was sick. 
Um, they also force him to uh, relive a moment where he's arguing with his wife after their daughter has died. Um, so it really does put him through the ringer. It really does. Mm-hmm. So like you want to, you're facing all of this trauma right fucking now. It's crazy. It really is. Um, but once he lights the room up on fire, again, he's able to be rescued. He officially gets out of the house. He officially, um, you know, rekindles his relationship with Lily. Um, and the movie, it comes to an end at, uh, when he's playing his tape recorder from the room. Because he had been recording on it, you know, throughout his stay. He was throwing all kinds of little tidbits and things to write onto it. Um, and his, li- you know, Lily's obviously cleaning out their house. It looks like they're moving into a new place. And she's like, you want me to get rid of all this stuff? He's like, no, keep that, keep that tape recorder. She, even with all the negative vibes. And he's like, yeah, that's okay. So he plays it. And obviously it's, it's kind of fucked up. You know, some stuff comes in and out. But he was able to record the conversation that he had with the ghost version of his daughter. And it plays it back. And it's very creepy. Um, Lily drops the box of stuff that she's holding. And I think it's a really solid end to the movie because it definitely is creepy. Yeah. It really validates, like, everything that he went through. Like, he wasn't crazy. Like, he genuinely went through all of this. It was genuinely one evil fucking room. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to think that, you know, this one room in particular is uh, haunted or evil in a way, and the rest of the hotel is not. So we don't really get much of, like, a background on it, but I wonder why. I wonder why that room in particular is Right, evil. like, what originated? Like, yeah, we understand that everything is, um, everything is haunted now because over 50 people have died, <laughs> but, yeah. like, how did that start? You know what I mean? Exactly. I want to know. I mean, it happened. I think the, uh, Samuel Jackson had said like the first death happened. Um, it was only, it was like at least a year or two after their hotel had opened for the first time. Yeah. This room is doing business right away. And he's, when he thinks that he's left and is doing like false research when he's like writing his book, the first time that he's thinking, uh, where he assumes that he's left, um, or is it after? I don't know. At one point when he's doing research and like he notices there's like an article talking about somebody jumping off a bridge. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's just like that section or that land, if what they're trying to allude to is like just that area is haunted. Um, Maybe. But I still don't understand why it would just be one room. So I definitely wish we maybe had a little bit more insight to the room and why. But it doesn't right. always need it, you know. And honestly, anytime I go any to anywhere... Uh, any hotel or if somebody says that a room's haunted or anything like that, this is exactly what I expect to happen. Like if I'm oh staying God. at a hotel that's supposed to have a haunted room or something or it's said to be haunted or people have seen ghosts, I expect this exact same experience to happen every time I stay at a place like that. I wonder how this would go if he, he was with somebody. That would have been fun and interesting, I feel like. I feel like nobody's ever stayed in this room as a couple. Right, like how would that work? Would we see the same things? It would probably just have them start strangling each other right away. Oh my god. To be quite honest. Start a fight between people? Mm-hmm. Somebody would be throwing another one out the window. All they would have to do is make one believe that the other one was like a huge monster and fucking just start stabbing at them and they would wake up True. and they'd be, you know, not a monster. So right. I think they would easily dispose of the uh, w- they would dispose of one. This hotel room would dispose of one person very quickly, very easily, and then probably just stick to haunting one for an hour. Hmm. But it really is a petty ass room. 
And yeah, it's a great, I mean, the movie is an hour and 44 minutes, like we said, but it really doesn't feel that long. Um, I don't think that the movie really tries to do too much. Um, obviously, the film itself being condensed to just one hotel room allows for things to to breathe a little bit more. Although there's something happening at you know every minute, pretty much, it still feels like there's time to breathe throughout the story. Um, mm. So I think it I think it does really well with its runtime. It definitely feels like it's quick, concise. Um, again, it being set in one location, I think definitely lends itself to that because it makes the movie feel more grand or more long, but also feeling very quick and easy to sit through. I don't know. It's a really well-paced movie. I'll say that. For me, only we only spend time with John Cusack and usually like focusing on one character is not... Uh, it can be boring. Yeah, that's, a, that's what I was going to say. Um, but this one, I don't... I, don't really ever feel bored yeah there was never any certain point where i was just like all right let's move along (laughs) other than like trauma reasons where Uh they're like you have cancer and i'm like all right let's not talk about that but (laughs) yeah for like movie purposes there was no point where i was like all right i'm done with this can we speed this along yeah exactly that i never wanted it to end you know what i'm saying i was enjoying the ride um, I was enjoying what was happening. Anytime something else happened in that room, um, it was nice. I enjoyed it. I really did. Uh, and I, like I get it. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. You're good, girl. No, go ahead, Queen. I was just going to say, like, the Groundhog Day aspect of it um, isn't overdone, in my opinion. Because sometimes that aspect of movies can get to be a lot. Um, but I feel like the way that they did it in this movie is... Really nice, honestly. Yeah, it's it, it's a really good movie. It really is. Um, I can see why people enjoy it. Um, I can see why it's been like a cult favorite for years now. Um, and why the box set says it's one of the best Stephen King adaptions because I really do think it is. It's really really good. How many? What are we gonna rate it out of? Cigarettes. Um, hotel keys. Oh yeah, hotel keys makes way more sense. Or more. Or what? What else? What else is in this room? Alcohol. Evil alarm clocks. Oh, evil alarm clocks work. Yeah, let's just do that then, right? I mean, the key kind of makes sense with the, the cover Let's art. do hotel keys then. That'd be cute. How many hotel yeah. keys are you giving this? Um, I give it a solid three and a half. Okay. I give it a solid... Mm, I want to say three and a half as well. I'll say three and a half also. Yeah. Yeah. That seems safe to me because it doesn't feel like too crazy, but I think it's a really mm-hmm. fun movie for sure. And it's, I mean, everything that they set out to do, I think they do it well. Mm-hmm. And if anything, if you get bored, which I don't see you doing, but if you do just pay attention to John Cusack's eyebrows, I know we entertained <laughs> all over again. He's so expressive with those caterpillars. Yeah. He, again, I don't he's move mine very much. Yeah. He's, he's acting, acting. giving emotion for yeah. sure. And for a movie that pretty much focuses on just him. Trauma. (laughs) Him and his trauma. Again, Mm -hmm. like Stormy said, the fact that we don't get bored at any point um, can only even be, or um, can be credited to, I mean, not only like the scares that we get, but to him, you know, because that's who we're stuck with the entire time. Um, So he does a really good job, especially after seeing him in Identity and, you know, reviewing and watching that movie not too long ago. He wasn't giving in that movie. So to come to this one now and see him, actually you know 
give a performance, it's really interesting to see. And it, it surprised me for sure. I wasn't expecting much from him. Yeah. When did Identity come out? 2003. So it was way before this. Okay. Mm-hmm. I believe it's 2003. Let me double check for clarity's sake. I think it was 2003. It was. You're right. Yeah, I'm good with years. Um, so yeah, it was way before this. So yeah, I he grew as an actor. Was about. Uh, it was the person, it was the individual who had uh, multiple personality disorder. Um, and mm. it was in his mind, remember, and it was his one of his alternates. Is that what they're called officially? Alters, yeah. Yeah, one of his alters um, killing the rest. Hmm. In a hotel oh, in yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, motel, okay. Excuse me. Right. Yeah. I remember now. I. Wild movie. Yeah. I enjoy and this one a lot more. <laughs> oh, yeah. I enjoy this movie way I more mean, than I do Identity. We talked about it, but Identity is problematic. <laughs> yeah. As far as like well. multiple personality disorder goes, for sure. Yep. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Still, they still call it split personalities, I think, in that movie, too. In that one? Yeah. I mean, I the, movie, the movie Split is not more. that old. And True. even that hasn't aged all that well. <laughs> so. Yeah. Again, you know, when uh, you know, mental illness of any kind is used in uh, a movie, you know, you would hope that it's used um, effectively. Um, but yeah, this movie definitely blows identity out of the water. Um, it blows his performance in identity out of the water. And it made me um, a firm believer in John Cusack as an actor. So that's fun. Yeah, I would give him a Late night sloppy toppy. T- sloppy yeah. toppy anytime. <laughs> exactly. As long as his hair is windblown and his eyes are blinking really fast, like he's at a time. Only when he's scared, he's hot. Okay. Which I you mean, mean, hey. Once I get naked, most people get scared. So stop that right now. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, let's rank all these movies, shall we? Everything we watched this month. Do we want to rank or do we want to do the boss fight? Bitch, we're doing both. Let's rank girl, first. I'm tired. Okay. Well, then make it fast. <laughs> Stop. I don't know what you want me to okay. tell you, girl. So girl. we have ooh, six movies that we watched this month. I'm looking back. Um, okay. Yes. So we have Shudder. We have. <laughs> we have on. Oculus. Okay. The oh, House on go. Haunted Hill. We have Shudder. We have 1408. And if you're part of Patreon, you also have Insidious 3 and Return to House on Haunted Hill. Which we'll rank also. So if you want to know why we rank those those way or that way or whatever, I don't know. This is the end of the episode. Don't expect proper grammar or speaking or whatever. Um, then go listen to those episodes if you want to know why we rank them. Join us on Patreon. <laughs> uh, so let's both give our bottom movie of the month. What is the one movie that is going to be at the bottom of your list this month? The House on Haunted Hill. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, um, which I know the four girlies are probably going to fight me on that. But for me, she's a no. Yeah, out of everything that we watched this month, that is definitely at the bottom. Sad, again, that's a movie that I grew up loving. So it, it disappoints me as it does all of you guys. It's at the bottom, unfortunately. Uh, coming in next, I would put Insidious 3. Really? Mm-hmm. I would probably put. Hmm. That's tough. I trying to think of anything like spectacular that stuck out to me in Insidious Three. 
It's a solid movie. Um, it just, I mean, I don't know. I like the first two Insidious movies more. And yeah. It's a good movie, and I love Lin Shay. But it just doesn't, and there's some good moments. I mean, we you know talked about it. There's some great moments in it. Um, Lee, Lee Wan now does a great job at directing it. It just doesn't feel that exciting uh, in comparison to the rest of the movies, at least. Okay, I, I'll agree with you on that one. Um, after that would probably be Return to House on Haunted Hill. Really? Mm-hmm. What would you do next? I would do, oh, fuck. I want it to be different, but I think I think I agree. Yeah, I think the top three might be a little bit more um all over uh, a little bit more uh mixed for us. But yeah, returning yeah. to Austin Haunted Hill would be next for sure. I think the other three movies are better movies than that one. Mm-hmm. Um I even think Insidious Three is uh, overall probably a more well put together movie than Return to House on Haunted Hill. I just really like the deaths and the craziness of Return to House on Haunted Hill, especially after watching the original in the exact same month. It just definitely, it feels different yeah. and I really enjoy it. I really enjoyed Return on House on Haunted Hill. Yeah. Super campy, um, super simple. And yeah, the deaths really shine and yeah, it's definitely easily in that, I don't know, six, five, fourth place position for sure. Okay. Top Your next one. Ooh, so this is where it gets hard. So we have Shutter, Oculus, and 1408. Ooh. Ooh, I don't know, Storm. 1408 uh, is my number three. Your number three? Okay. Mm-hmm. As much as I enjoy the eyebrows, um, I don't see myself visiting this one as much or as often than I do the other two. We might have the exact same list then, I feel like. Cause yeah, I'll I'll stick with this one being at three also. It's great. Um, it surprised me as a first-time watch for sure. Uh, in good ways and bad ways. Because although it's great, it does feel... In comparison to the other two movies, it just doesn't feel as interesting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you, you can watch so, it yeah. like every six years and you still like enjoy it. And it doesn't, and not that this is the metric we should be based off of. <laughs> it just doesn't scare me as much as the other two. Yeah. It doesn't have as much scares in it for me. Okay. Number two. Uh, I, I'm going to have to do Shudder. Or opposite. Ooh. Because I'm doing okay. Oculus. Ooh. Okay. Yay. Uh, why? You tell me why first. Um,. Oculus, I really enjoy the visuals. I really enjoy the storyline. But in the same breath, it is it falls in line with the same idea of thought for 1408. Is like mm-hmm. I don't feel the need to revisit it. It's not fun per se. Okay. Like it's a little bit more spooky, a little bit more mindfucky. Whereas Shudder gives me the fun element of spooky. Okay. I respect the fuck out of that because it's really hard. It's really hard to, because I do feel like Shudder in its story, um, you know, the story itself comes from a J-horror film. The story just feels a lot more unique. Um, But even then, like, you know, Oculus taking the approach of, you know, it just being like a haunted mirror, um, it's still pretty unique. You know what I'm saying? But I do think Shudder takes the cake on like originality and creativity with its story. 
Um, and just the gag of Megumi just writing Josh. Yeah, it's great. For mm-hmm. eternity. It's just <laughs> it's so great. funny to me. I love it. I think the only reason Oculus edges out Shudder is, uh, uh, you know, first and foremost, I'm just a Mike Flanagan fan. Uh, so I just love the direction of Oculus. I love the way the scares are orchestrated in that movie. I think the acting's better in that movie. Not that that matters, you know, to everybody, but I do think it's, I think it's just a more well put together movie but Shudder is definitely a lot more fun I can see myself watching that one more casually than I can Oculus um, but I, I can't I can't see myself putting anything over Oculus it's just it's a personal fave of mine and it freaked me up or it freaked me out enough the first time I watched it to not watch it again until this month um, so, so for good. that alone I think it's pretty solid but I don't yeah. disrespect your number one and two at all because Shudder I'm so happy you brought that to me because it's such a fun movie. And I want to still watch the actual J-Horror, the original still. Because I just know it'll be scarier than the American version. Oh, yeah. Uh, for sure. But what a fun month. And if we do the Battle of the Titans, if you will, uh, I mean, I don't know. It just We can make it pretty simple. I mean, out of all the things that we've seen this month, out of all the evil conduits, <laughs> uh, what is taking the cake? What is the most evil? What's the most vicious? What can you see being... The evil thing that takes everything else out. For me, it's easy because um, we're looking at obviously Hill House. We're looking at um, the Oculus Mirror. We're looking at Room fourteen oh eight, and then we're looking at um, we'll just say Magumi. the camera haunted my <laughs> Magumi. <laughs> uh, out of those four things, what do you think is the most daunting, and then probably the one that would take you out, if you will? The one that would take me out is probably. It's a it's probably a tie between the house on Haunted Hill and fourteen oh eight because I have so much familial trauma in my brain <laughs> that yeah. I feel like facing it over and over again within this hotel room, I don't have enough will to live in order to do that. Like they would I would face it once or twice and they would be like, Kill yourself and I'd be like, All right, it's worth it to get out of this. Yeah, and everything really, I mean, out of all of these movies, I mean, everything, obviously, they're supernatural films. So there's a lot of Mm -hmm. hallucinations tied in with everything. Everything is making you see something that's not there. Um, And I already think I'm crazy anyways (laughs) half the time. So it would not take, it would not take me more than a couple of hours in this room to, for it to win. See, for me, to me, the one that takes the cake and is also probably another reason why it is my number one is the Oculus mirror. I think it'd probably be the one thing that's maybe the most difficult to maneuver around. Um, Cause as we've seen in both Hill house movies, people have been able to escape. Uh, not to mm-hmm. say that I would be the individual to escape at the end of those movies, but if it's something that can be done, then I believe there's a way to get out of it. And as we see in Return to House on Haunted Hill, there's an actual way to defeat the evil inside the house. Mm-hmm. So it's see, if we went into haunted, if we went into haunted house, house on Haunted Hill, if we went in it together, I would choose that. But if I'm in there by myself, it's Big Brother style. From what I'm learning by talking <laughs> to you in Austin, I'm not <laughs> making it out. Truly. I'm not. If that's with strangers who acted as stupidly as these characters in those movies do act, maybe. But if there's like at least a solid group of people who are also, you know, 
uh, ready, willing, and able to get out with me, then I think I would stand a chance inside there. Um, yeah, I think I'd be okay. And as we see in fourteen away, it's awful, and it will put you through the ringer. But all he does is light up a Molotov cocktail and throw it, and he gets out. Yeah, you know. So I think it's something that can I also think the be mental defeated. battle would just be too much for my mental health. <laughs> True, I do truly yeah. understand that as well. But I mean, again, it's something that's achievable. At least it feels like. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, with Megumi and the haunted camera, I she's not here to get me. Exactly. I, I don't want to toot my her. own horn. I, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I I don't see myself being the type of person that she's going to go after. So even if I'm like guilty by association, by knowing somebody who's wronged her again, I'm not the one that she's after. So I think I right. can survive a shutter type of situation pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't see myself, you know, wrongfully, you know, scorning some, I don't know. I even know the best way to put it, but I'm yeah. not too concerned there. And with Oculus, as we see in the movie, it just, like, nobody can defeat this mirror. Like it, actively causes you to do something else when you think you're going up to it to destroy it. Mm-hmm. Um, like it doesn't even give you the chance to light up a, co- a Molotov cocktail and throw it its way. Mm-hmm. So I it just don't just see myself scary. pursuing the mirror. And I think that's like it ends before it begins type of thing for me. I do see myself being in the 1408 situation before I'm in the um, Oculus situation. Hmm, I suppose. I think it's the most unsuspecting, though. Like, if you're going to Hill House or you're going to 1408, there has to be some type of precedence. And it's the same for those characters in those movies where they know what they're entering into. With Oculus, I could easily just be purchasing a mirror and not mm-hmm. know what it's, you know, what, what I'm bringing into my life. But so the whole premise is, like, she sought it out because of what it is. True. So they're they're all kind of the same thing. <laughs> True, but either way, if I'm still walking into a place, it's different than me coming into a possession of an object. Even if I were to end up at those places randomly, like they do in that movie, just get a random invitation to a random house. When I show Mm -hmm. up to the house, I'm going to be cautious of it. If I randomly stumble upon this creepy mirror at the back of a thrift store, I'm probably more inclined to purchase this and bring this home and then be brought into a world of terror. You Mm -hmm. know, if I'm going to this hotel room and it's, you know, a fucking huge key and it's not like a click click electric key anymore (laughs) i'm gonna be like a little standoffish heading into those situations um and again with the megumi again i don't think i would uh, hopefully i'm not a person that would ever do anything that she sees is wrong (laughs) so i Mm -hmm. hope she would leave me alone because i think as we see in that movie i don't think she's easily um defeated so she if you have wronged her she might be the one who would be the most difficult to get rid of um i don't think either of us are awful enough to be hunted yeah. though so we'll be good i agree but i do understand that like you said the mental struggle to even get out of those of the hill house and room 1408 can be really tough mm. um but just off of the movies that we've been given the only one that really hasn't been defeated is that mirror Fair. so you're going with the mirror and i'm going with 1408 with the hotel room then scarier than hill house yes okay i i i, I get it 100 percent. um fun i love that I want to. See, I really do want to see these fucking evil uh, entities just duke it out in real life. I don't know how. Oh my god, fight. Megumi in fourteen oh eight, and in the hotel room is and this the mirror. mirror. Megumi walks and in then with the when mirror. you make oh my god, <laughs> and then you make it out and you. Oh my god, you okay? So you fall asleep, right? No, the or Baphomet statue comes with her. She brings the Baphomet oh statue my from god. Hill House <laughs> and the mirror from Oculus, and she just yeah. walks into room fourteen oh eight. And her then you fall asleep, or you're 
your uh, like one of the moments where you think you escaped and you escape into Hill House, <laughs> and you wake up here in in Hill House, and then when you die in Hill House, you wake back up in fourteen oh eight. I could see it. Oh my god, I would love to see them fight celebrity death match style. Oh my god. Um, Imagine who would be carrying. Okay, the the sister from Oculus versus Megumi with the Baphomet statue, <laughs> and John Cusack is the um He's is the referee. The oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking triple threat match or something. Oh, okay, fair, 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 fair. A fatal four-way. Uh, the lipstick versus... demons there. Oh my god! Yes. Please <laughs> God. Elise is in there too. Fucking throwing demons oh my around. God. <laughs> Stomping actual holes into the ground. Oh my god. She stomps a hole Elise in the ground, and then everybody things. just. <laughs> Can we see Elise oh, yeah. versus everything? Elise versus the mirror. Elise versus Hill House. Elise it's like Ash versus the. <laughs> Put, yes. Give me Elise in everything. Right. You know what? That's the real winner here. Is Elise. <laughs> I want to see her in all these locations for sure. It has to be Elise Specs and the other guy, though. Like all oh, yeah, of them Tucker, together. All of them together. Tucker, yeah, they have right. to stick together. They're all precious, sweet angels, and I want them mm-hmm. to stick together forever. Right. Yeah. I want to see them in these situations. I would die to see them in this room. <laughs> I would love Poor Elise. It. Elise ah. is healing everybody's fam- familial trauma. Yeah, exactly. I can see her grabbing fucking John Cusack's daughter by the hair and swinging her around oh and throwing her through the wall. You're not, not real. real. <laughs> yes, I, <literally laughs> I love it. I can see her fucking fighting the monsters from Oculus. I love it. I want to see Elise versus everything. The real Ghostbuster. Oh my god, that's um, the Ghostbuster uh, remake that we needed, not the one that we got. She's the actual Ghostbuster, yeah, for sure. Right. I love it. What a fun month this oh, was. Yeah. I had so much fun. I am excited for next month. It's spooky Same. season. We've got a lot going on outside of the podcast, inside of the podcast, for Patreon. There's, we just inside got a my lot. Ass. Oh yeah. my God. My bussy. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's go to wrap it up for this week. We'll be back next week when we'll be back for spooky season. Uh, Stormy, where can everybody find us? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the same handle at slash underscore her underscore pod. You can find us streaming on pretty much every platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. You can email us at slash her pod at gmail.com and you can follow us on Patreon. Yes. And let's go ahead and give a shout out to our Patreon members. So, of course, in the opening kill tier, we have a Nightmare on Fear Street. And part of our final girl tier, we have Sarah G. Yvette R, Michael D, Annie C, Patience C, um, and yeah, that's everybody. Um, so thank you guys so much again for your continued support of Patreon and of the Slasher Podcast. And thank you guys again so much for joining us this month. And we'll be back next month for Spooky Season, everybody. Thanks for joining. Stay spooky, guys. Stay spooky, everybody. Bye. Bye.